0: All right. Hello, world. My name is Don, and you're watching Showcase for the week ending Sunday, September 25th, 2022. Hopefully, you all have had a good weekend Um, overall. Hang on a second. Minor echo. Sorry. So, hopefully, you all have had a good weekend. Um, Nice and safe weekend, Uh, although those of you who are fans of the Washington Commanders, let me just say really quickly, mm, my condolences. Ouch. That was painful. But anyway... um, Like I was saying, oh, that's not trailer reactions. What the heck? Sorry. Sorry about that. Let's put the correct graphic up. Thank you so much. All right. Anyway, so like I was saying, showcase for the week ending Sunday, September 25, 2022. And we are doing weird news tonight featuring your live chat comments. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. And don't forget to smash that like button and the subscribe notification bell and all that sort of thing. And as always, if you're with us live, feel free to drop us a line in the live chat. And I just might read it off live on the air. So let's go ahead and get rolling with the first order of business, which requires changing the camera perspective, just so. And now we're going to go ahead and get rolling with the first order of business, which comes to us from Games Radar. Here we are. So this was a big, gigantic, big, gigantic deal. (laughs) There's pretty much no other way to describe it um if you have had a working phone over the last week you probably heard something about this particular news piece there was a massive data breach <clears throat> excuse me there was a massive data breach happening uh courtesy of a random 17 year old hacker uh of some of some sort basically based in the UK um and apparently Apparently, he's been charged with a breach of bail and two counts of computer misuse, according to this article here, which was published about two hours ago. So this is basically the latest that we know about this particular piece of uh, information here, about this particular news piece, I should say. Uh, Let's see. Here we are. The city of London police arrested a 17-year-old in Oxfordshire on Thursday on suspicion of hacking as part of an investigation supported by the National Crime Agency's National Cybercrime Unit, He's been charged in connection with this investigation and remains in police custody. Uh, Let's see. A Twitter statement from Rockstar Games said, quote, We recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects, end quote. Rockstar further affirms that, quote, (laughs) our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, end quote. Okay, so I'm just going to say something really, really short on this and in really sort of broad general terms because this is a very serious thing in the realm of cybercrime and this is an ongoing investigation. Um, You know, it, it just would do nobody any good for me to sort of like opine on this past a certain point anyway. But what I will say is that basically... Crime doesn't pay, <laughs> which is the sort of most broad brush thing that anyone could possibly say on something like this. Anyway, um, I will say that I don't know what Rockstar is planning to do in terms of GTA Six. I have not seen any of the leaks. Um, I've been sort of like I've been one of those people who's been trying to like sort of like be as distant as possible from that. I know there has been they've been posted around the internet in a bunch of different places, but what I will say is that there's a part of me that is already sort of bracing for bad news as far as what six is going to turn out to be like anyway, just in terms of the progress and how much of it is going to be able to sort of carry over to six. Cause I've been doing a lot of GTA five. I've been doing a lot of GTA five online and I don't know how much of that progress is going to be able to sort of migrate over. Cause we live in an age now where we sort of expect on some level video games to sort of remember us, you know, like long gone are the days of uh, the mass effect trilogy comes to mind where you have subsequent games in the franchise that tailor their experience for you as a player based on save data or cloud data or something like that where it remembers what you did in the last game. That's that's no longer sort of a one-off. That seems to be sort of the new norm for the most part. And I don't know what Rockstar is planning to do about that. I hope they're going to do something you know, special for the people who actually like kept the community going to like the 10 year point next year marks 10 years since gta 5 was released next september so that's that's my big hope you know after the dust settles from this completely um you know that we're actually going to be able to get some something really substantial those of us who have been loyal to gta 5. it's pretty pretty much all i can say about that those of you at home uh watching along with us tonight what are what are your thoughts on this or if you catch this recording after the fact what are your thoughts on the gta 6 are you looking forward to it are you anxious about it Did you have to take out a second line of credit in order to afford your shark cards and all that sort of thing? Drop us a comment, um, and we'll go ahead and see if we can build a conversation around that, maybe. But anyway, that's all we can say about this particular topic. Let's move on to the next line item here. Let's see, which comes to us from UPI. World's longest hopscotch course created at Colorado Park. Okay, this was first published about five days ago, and we have... A YouTube clip on this. Let's see. A campaign encouraging kids to play outdoors broke a Guinness World Record by creating a 4.37 mile long hopscotch course. Uh, It looks like this does not come from the official Guinness World Records YouTube account. This looks like an ABC affiliate, a local affiliate uh, of the area that that hosted the event that wound up breaking the record. So we should be fine to play this. I hope we are. Let's uh, take a look. Well, yesterday we told you how Denver's airport set a world record for their therapy animal program, and now we have another local group breaking a Guinness World Record.
1: Yeah, Pick a record, you know, and try yes. to break it. <laughs> this is for something really uh, fun that a lot of us did growing up, but never like this, Danny.
0: Well, when you played hopscotch growing up, how hey, long we did we move usually this along guys? It, yeah, it was like, like 10 like feet eight? long, yeah, 10 feet eight yeah. blocks or something. Yeah, well, let's move this along. Well, you are officially amazing. You are Guinness World Record holders. Congratulations. Sunday morning, the organization Generation Wild organized a massive event to break that Guinness World Record for the longest hopscotch, which was for 4.3 miles around Chatfield State Park. The original oh record gosh. was just 4.1 miles. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Weak sauce. They say it took six days to build that course, including during the rain we got last week, which they're just walking it. That's not how you do hopscotch. uh, A mission that they are very passionate about. This hopscotch event is our largest
1: event of the year with our 99 Days Outdoors campaign attached to Generation Wild, which is developed to provide inspirational ways for kids and their families to get outside.
0: I it was a party right there, right? Okay, here. The no, music- no, no, no. I'm going to stop this here. I'm going to stop this here because take a closer look again at basically this midsection of the clip here. They're basically just walking along the course. This is a real sad sort of cheat. Look at that. They're not even using, they're not using the course correctly. I was just about to make a comment. Like I pity the person who has to sort of go through the course in order to sort of verify that it's, you know, possible to have enough endurance to go through that the normal way. You know, like you're supposed to like hop and then like, you're supposed to do like one foot, both feet, one foot, one foot, both feet, or something like that. There's supposed to be an alternate, and there's supposed to be an alternation of like the, 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 the foot patterns, basically, as you sort of go through the course. You're not supposed to just skip through it, basically. Like, what are you doing? Come on, we all know how hopscotch works. I feel like that should be sort of like uh, a qualifier. That should have been one of the relevant qualifiers that were instituted in order to validate this as a, as a functional course. I mean, we know they, they drew it out correctly, But in terms of, like, whether or not somebody, you know, whether or not it should be accepted as a real course, you should have to go through it. Like, if I play Super Mario Maker, I can't publish the map unless I complete the course, as a regular player would be able to, would have to, you know, to finish it. You know, it's like, if you're going to do, like, user-generated content, make sure that you can actually, like, do it how you expect somebody else to do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's just that's just me. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's my first reaction to this piece. What do you think? Like, drop us a comment and let us know. Um, I could very well be overthinking this. Either way, they have the record, so congratulations. But I don't know. It feels like a cheap cop out. All right, let's move on. Next item comes to us from Huffington Post. This was published uh, for uh, whoops three days ago. Excuse me. CatCon reveals a new art exhibit dedicated to National Treasure Nicolas Cage. Ah, the burden of incredible talent, Um, or the unbearable burden of, I forgot the name of the movie, but anyway, the movie where he was basically playing himself. Ms. D says, I agree, what's the point if they don't do it right? Yeah, talking about the hopscotch piece from a minute ago. Uh, But anyway, thank you for the comment, Ms. D, good to see you again. But back over to this thing, uh, Huffington Post. A cat-centric art show is feline, huh? Like celebrating Academy Award winning actor Nicolas Cage through an upcoming exhibit. CatCon, an event that describes itself as the biggest event in the world dedicated to cat and pop culture. Really? Why, do you, why those two things? And what, like, why do you draw the Venn diagram for those two things in particular and then pride yourselves on being in the center of that Venn diagram? I don't get that. But anyway, all right. We'll honor Cage with its exhibit Uncaged, the unbearable weight of genius cat art, there you go, in Pasadena, California next month. The exhibit, which Cat Art Show will present at the event, features possum artworks <laughs> paying tribute to celebrity cat, dad, and internet meme muse Cage, according to a press release. The exhibit's name is a spin on the movie The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's what I was trying to think of. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, a film starring Cage in which he has to use his acting roles to save his family. Uh, yeah, there you go. Artist Dan- Daniel Ryan's work is part of CatCon's exhibit. Yeah, that's, that's the caption at the bottom of this particular art piece. We try and expand this a little bit more. I guess that's as far as I can go with this. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's a part of me that wants to like do a do a Nicholas Cage impression here. We all we've all like seen somebody or on the internet or we ourselves are individually capable of doing some sort of an impression along those lines. I don't feel like doing it here. I feel like I feel like I want to, but like uh, that that'd be kind of cheap. So, I I just don't know that. I can really do Nicolas Cage, okay?
1: Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. I don't know, Never mind. sorry. That's the best I got. <laughs> Shout out to Danny Pudi, <laughs> thank you. Shout out to Danny Pudi from, um, uh, from Community, by the way. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the next item on the docket here. <laughs> You're not getting two of those, don't worry. Uh, this is from the Mirror. So coming to us uh, from the mirror, which was published three days ago. Dog faking paw injury to get out of going for a walk leaves people in stitches. Okay. Let's see. Dog fake. This is from a Reddit user. Dog fakes injured leg but recovers when he's told he cannot go for a walk. That sounds like something a football player would, would do. Or soccer, I guess, depending on what country you're in. In the clip, the white dog is seen hobbling around with his front paw raised while following his owner down the hallway. Uh, Do we have a video clip? We just have a still image, it looks like. I don't think we have uh, the video clip. No, these are just stills. Darn it. All right. Well, I guess I can try to read into this a little bit. Um, Let's see. Can I get that out of my way? Thank you. All right. So speaking to his dog, the owner says, you got a bad paw? You can't go for a walk. You can't walk like that. With that, the dog happily trots off on all four legs, with his owner adding, Oh, your paw is all better now, isn't it? But quickly changing his mind, the dog then collects his head before handing it to his owner. Or, but collects his lead? I said I said head. Wow, that was crazy. I know we have, we're right next to Halloween, but it's way too early for the Headless Horseman references here. The dog collects his lead, the leash, before handing it to his owner. One user said, A miracle! I can walk now! Another user added, how dare you call this anything other than the beautiful miracle it so obviously was. I wouldn't go that far with it. It was obviously a fake. Third user added, insurance fraud at its finest. I mean, that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to add that to it, but I guess that could that could be construed that way. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's here's something. One user said, quote, my dog does this too. When he wants attention, he'll hobble around with a paw in the air. Then he stops when he gets cuddles in love. Aww. Uh, so yeah, this is, (laughs) you know, dogs, uh, (laughs) where do we even begin with describing sort of the uniqueness that pets bring to our lives as human beings? Like true story. Uh, I did some dog sitting for an old friend of mine, uh, recently. And the, the dog in question was this little like toy poodle type of thing. And I, my, the dog that I have is a big, is a big one, Akita Mastiff. And she's, she's an older dog. But the, 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 the other dog, the little toy poodle, was like only a couple years old, basically a puppy, right? And <laughs> the, the older dog has, has been really kind of like, you know, she's a senior dog. She's been kind of slow in her, you know, the December of her years, you know what I mean? But like on a walk, when we took both dogs for a walk, the older dog just sort of sprang to life. It's almost as though just basically being in the presence of the young energy of the puppy just sort of like made her sort of like spring into action where usually like she would just basically be trotting along basically, you know, at a relatively sort of easygoing pace, you know. Um, so that's that's always sort of interesting how like, you know, um, dogs can sort of like create energy, you know, based on, based on us. And based off of other dogs as well sometimes or other animals or like other sort of like in uh, elements of nature, elements of the environment, you know. Um, and I never really I've never experienced that sort of thing firsthand before this dog sitting thing that I did recently. So that's that was that was an interesting little piece of, you know, personal story there, I guess. Um, oh, goodness. Um, we have somebody here um, for, I guess, the next 15 minutes. Good grief. Um Apologies, I'm just now noticing we have a special guest from the production team. We have Miss Kiara Douglas with us in the room. Kiara, hello. How are you doing? What's up, guys? Hey, hey. Good to see you. Sorry about the delay. I didn't even notice that you were in here. Like, I was hoping you'd like send me a text message or something. Like, I'm just now seeing a little chat window in there. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: doing good doing good thanks we did a little bit of a uh, weird news i don't know how long you're uh, how long you've been in here but we just sort of like ran through the um the gta 6 thing was there any were there any additional thoughts that you had on that you want to save that for uh tick <laughs> no um
1: you know not all heroes wear capes um i'm <laughs> it's funny because people are mad that it looks like it's unfinished because it is unfinished that's the whole thing um no, I I think it was cool. It's been so long. It's been over a decade. Um, the people needed answers. I needed answers as to whether mm-hmm. it's worth buying my money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, that also just shows, like, you need more cybersecurity. You can never be too careful. I don't know who did it. I don't even know how you got what you got. And you got multiple things. It's not even one thing. It's like, a list like you have the storyline, the characters. I saw it all. So, but I think that's oh. cool. You know. No, for real, because it either it's a it will give people expectations. So you'll have a group of people who will buy the game solely because they saw what they're buying for, and you might have other people who, you know, will definitely boost uh the name through agency because you know, you talked about it. So it's it's a lot more interesting now.
0: Yeah. Well, I know there's a saying about how all publicity is good publicity. I'm not sure that that can be said as broadly as one might suggest just from like the, the sort of common sense sort of indication or inclination that that particular expression gives. Um, it, it's well, actually indication, I think might be a better word for that. Come to think of it. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's either way, no matter how you look at it, you know, GTA 6 is a long ways off. You know, um, I'm looking forward to it. It's not even
1: done. That's the problem. And it's been over 10 years and it's still not done. Yeah. So who's not doing their job? That's the real question. Because I'm tired. I'm tired.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we do have to move on, but just really quickly, are you looking forward to GTA 6?
1: I am right now. No, okay. Because okay. after this leak, the thing could be, they could completely change everything that you just worked on. And then I might not be interested no more.
0: Well, I guess. The Real question to... is, is, are
1: you going to keep building off of your trade secret? Because like everything's exposed
0: now, you
1: know. Hmm. Nothing has said it. That
0: Nothing that's a set. valid question. Not only that, but like, what does that do to what does that to do, what does that do to the sort of implicit value of the game? Basically, that the whole audience sort of like sees coming now, based on how much was able to be seen, you know, by different people within the audience base, within the you know the target gamer base. So. Hmm yeah there's there's like how how does that justify the the 60 or 70 or most likely a hundred dollar price tag with some sort of like super collector's edition basically or like those of you who pre-ordered modern warfare 2 recently vault edition right you know Mm -hmm. uh, you know they they like to game companies like to sort of justify you know charging both arms and both legs these days but anyway it is what it is uh anyway let's go ahead and move on we have other stuff to do we only have you about another 10 or 15 minutes basically thanks for making the time Um, let's go ahead and get into the next piece of business, which comes to us from Ripley's. Here we are. So New Zealand beachcombers stunned by giant squid is the headline here. This was first published five days ago. Um, holy crap (laughs) is the headline from that. I don't remember, uh, I don't remember seeing anything like that during shark week last month, but, um, goodness, let's see known as the giant squid. These fantastic and elusive creatures are a sight rarely beheld by human eyes, yet they populate the world's oceans by the millions. Let's see. There's one gigantic cephalopod that recently washed ashore in New Zealand. Uh, I'm trying to find some more specific information about this. Here we are. The visitors reported feeling shocked by the sight of the big squid. Visitors of... uh, Oh, shoot. Where, 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 where? Um, Farewell spit. Here we are. Um, Visitors noticed a half-eaten squid body on the nature reserve beach in northern South Island. Okay. Which is South Island, which is in New Zealand. Okay, there it is. Sorry, I'm trying to like piece this together to sort of get the right sort of pacing here. Um, Let's see. So the visitors reported feeling shocked by the sight of the big squid measuring 13 feet long at the mantle. The entire length of the sea critter is unknown because what remained of the tentacles lay buried beneath the sand. Um, so Kiara, your first reactions to this?
1: Um, squids are very, squids are slept on as being a dangerous, um, animal creature. Creature squids out here, they're, they're actually very savage, they're savages. Um, <laughs> I think that's like the worst way you could die is by a squid. Um, and they just kind of sleep in the ocean, and they come up and attack. That's what I'm saying. Look at that attacking <laughs> you like you're bugging. Um, like That's they, crazy. they are really in the ocean chilling like that. And that to me is all I need to know.
0: Three words: release no- the kraken.
1: <laughs> For real? No, seriously. Like they um,
0: Absolutely. don't they
1: have they have like eight hearts or something? I don't know. They just. They um they ain't to be played with like also like leave the ocean alone for this ex- entire reason. Like leave the ocean alone. Stop. Stop because oh, you're you know not can't do that. You're Brains- not gonna win. Here
0: here is Brain Spats throwing us a comment on YouTube, even though it's dead, I wouldn't get that close to it.
1: Because <laughs> he knows, he knows exactly. Like this is what I'm saying. Like mm-mm. you got you got multiples of that chilling in the abyss. Minding their business, just being like that.
0: So And imagine imagine the level of ink you would get you would get like shot with, you know, just as part of like, you know, if this is one of those species that, you know, that's their defense mechanism, sort of like how skunks have that horrible spray that you need to sort of bathe in tomato paste or whatever, you know, to be able mm. to get rid of the smell. So, I don't know. This is this is, this is is nightmare fuel. This is one of those nightmare fuel kind of stories, basically. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Um, thanks so much for watching Weekend Showcase, by the way. Those of you who are tuned in with us live right now on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. Um, don't forget to smash that like button and the subscription slash follow uh, button and notification bell. And as always, if you're with us live, feel free to drop us a line in the live chat, and we just might read it off live on the air. Next item comes to us from NDTV. Photo of camouflaged owl stuns the internet. Can you make out where the owl is here? Ah, oh, geez, come on. Got it here. Okay. So there's an owl in here. Pretty much only really easy to see, like, the eyes, it looks like. Can you tell?
1: Yeah, I see the body.
0: Okay, I yeah. see it. that that back really blends in really well. Um, That's now viral photo. The feathers and that's a typo body. The feathers and body of the owl are the same color as the in the background. Yeah. Within a few hours the viral post has amassed over 1.3 um is that thousand? L-A-K-H. Goodness. Somebody forgot to hit F F somebody forgot to hit F7 before they published this. Um, I'm just gonna say thousand. Yeah, 1.3K, I guess, 1,300 likes, maybe. The post has been reshared for more, more than 12,000 times and received numerous comments. The post has stunned Twitter users. One user wrote, Dang, I legit thought that was a carving in the tree until I scrolled in. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely uh, wouldn't want to be spied on by one of those, you know, mm-hmm. while like out on a camping trip or something. That's just straight creepy. You know, when you sort of like, you can only see the eyes in something in the distance, like uh, like the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Miss D says, wow, master of camouflage. I mean, pretty much. Like this owl pretty much knew what he was doing there. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. Uh, no further thoughts on this, Kira? Cause we can move on. No. All right, but, cool. Yeah. Let's move on. Next item comes to us from metro.co.uk. This was published four days ago. 122 year old chocolate bars found in an attic sell for more than 500 pounds. Um, that
1: looks like poop. Why are y'all here buying poop for 500 pounds?
0: I mean, to be fair, it's literally one in a fifth centuries old. It don't matter no more. It's nothing now. But it's not actual poop. I could put dirt
1: in that container
0: and say it's chocolate, and y'all wouldn't know the difference. I mean... It probably smells horrendous. Well, after over 100 years, maybe. I don't even know, but eh. let's see. This tin of chocolates is going going strong and was just sold for more than 500 pounds despite being made during the reign of Queen Victoria in 1899. The Roundtree's product containing several bars of chocolate was recently found in a box of junk in someone's attic in Lincolnshire. Um, let's see, it was sold at auction, only expected to make 100 to 200 pounds. In the end, the buyer paid 440, rising to 519 with with fees included. During the Boer War, Queen Victoria decided to send boxes of chocolates to British troops and commissioned the bars to be sent to soldiers vying for control of South Africa. Okay, um... At the time, this was controversial, however, as the main chocolate companies were owned by Quakers who were pacifists. They opposed the war and did not want to be seen as profiting from the fighting, so they agreed to supply the chocolate free of charge in unbranded tins. However, Queen Victoria wanted troops to see the chocolate was of high quality, so some of the chocolate was marked, and these bars are stamped with the Roundtree's name. Uh, The tin is adorned with a picture of Queen Victoria, her insignia, and the words, South Africa, 1900. So there are a few different levels of ouch attached to this particular story. Um, Desert Kingdom says, cool. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for the comment, Desert Kingdom. Good to see you again. Kira, what's your What's your first reaction to this?
1: I don't really care now that I know the history of it. I really don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, like I was saying, There's a, there's several different levels of pain attached to this. Uh, which we can go into, but uh, we should probably not because this is a deliberately non-political show that we run here on Weekend Showcase. But um, I'm sure it doesn't need to be said, you know, what the rest of that, um, what the implications of that particular history entail. Um, But anyway, there you go. Those of you who are curious and want to learn more, however, about uh, this, we do have the links to this and all of the other topics that we're discussing tonight in the description at the bottom of this video um on youtube or on facebook which is also at weekend showcase so there you go um let's go ahead and move on we have uh one two three four five more stories left to go through before the top of the hour um i think uh kiera we may only really have you for like one more i know you gotta bounce a little early but um let's see here we are Ooh, here's a good one nasa to smash spacecraft into asteroid in bid come on zoom in darn it NASA to smash spacecraft into asteroid in bid to help protect Earth from destruction. With help from Bruce Willis, no, I'm kidding. This was published by the Mirror uh, on uh, three days ago. Yeah, on the 22nd. Let's see. While the asteroid named Dimorphos poses no threat to Earth, the aim of the NASA mission is to demonstrate that dangerous incoming rocks can be deflected by deliberately crashing into them. A spacecraft will smash into an asteroid next week as part of a mission to protect the planet. The spacecraft, known as Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, is expected to collide with the 560-foot-wide asteroid at 14 minutes past midnight next Tuesday. I'm presuming that's Greenwich Mean Time because the mirror is based in the UK. Um, uh, Desert Kingdom says OWL was cool. (laughs) Um, But the asteroid, what what, what are your thoughts on this one here? Uh, Planetary defense here.
1: Who got paid to come up with this idea? Because it sounds a little stupid.
0: Uh, I'm guessing Michael Bay. Um, it, maybe sounds little, check. it sounds a little stupid. You said
1: an, an asteroid that's minding its business that doesn't pose a threat, crash
0: it into a different
1: rock. But to say that it's not a threat—that's stupid.
0: But aren't they doing this just on the off chance that something along those lines does become a threat? I mean, if depending on your um, understanding, I feel like. You know,
1: even if but even if you crash them together, that's still like debris in the space. What if it forms into another asteroid that you helped create because you added more matter in the space? You could have just left it alone.
0: Well, presumably, you know, they have scientists and engineers at NASA who are like well trained and credentialed with everything that goes into something like this. So they would have factored that in. Like they're not gonna actually like I
1: have a friend at NASA.
0: Yeah. Oh really? hmm
1: I have a friend at NASA. Is this person
0: working on the DART project, or are you allowed to say?
1: <laughs> Might be. I don't know. Um, mm. She could be, to be quite honest with you. But, yeah. No, I have a friend. She works with NASA. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But uh, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, I don't know. Like, mm. I get what you're doing, but, like, also, like, you know, it could, you, then you're going to create a problem. Like, if it's not a problem, don't create a problem.
0: So you're saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let sleeping asteroids lie. This this is what I mean.
1: Like, y'all be messing with things that just really be minding their business in space, right? You don't know space. We still don't know space.
0: But, Kira, here's the thing. But wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Kira, here's the thing. We're talking about planetary defense. You want a plan that's as airtight as humanly possible for the sake of literally all life on this planet. You know, if... If something, heaven forbid, or whatever, like was coming for the planet, you know, to create an mm-hmm. extinction level event or whatever, would you want Armageddon, like the movie, to like play out along those lines, where we have zero time to really prepare anything? We throw something together and then hope that that works because we didn't practice on anything else, you know?
1: I mean, it's cool to practice it, but I don't know because that's what exactly they're doing here. They're being to a bigger asteroid. Because them asteroids be big, man. And then once it gains traction and goes into the layer of Earth and it's on fire, another asteroid ain't going to take that out. I'm just, you know, it's a start. You know, let me stop being a hater. You know what? I'm going to let y'all be great. Um, Dart, you know what? It's promising, most likely. I trust y'all. Maybe. You know what? I It's all right. It's cool. It probably, you know, is an effective plan.
0: I mean, this is NASA that's doing this. So if you're gonna spend tax dollars, am I right? I
1: guess, why can't y'all just um, erase student loans instead of waste money on it?
0: (laughs) I mean, again, we don't wanna go into a political discussion. (laughs) I
1: know student loans would be smashed with this asteroid. So anyway, I'm sorry
0: yeah um let's 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 move on um i don't know let's see we're coming up on we have uh we've crossed over to the 6 30 point um do you are you able to stay for one more or do you have to bounce out now i can do one more okay all right thank you Kara. let's go ahead and move on to last one this is from the concord monitor whoops go away thank you um all right so muralist paint donkey kong on the concord building which wow that's that is detailed. That's, a lot of time. that's amazing. That is like crazy that. detail.
1: Shout out to the artist. Hey.
0: Wow. Even uh, Pauline up there at the top there. We were just commenting on uh, Pauline coming into the current, the Mario Strikers uh, game that's, that's uh, in this new DLC that's out now, basically. Um, she was just added to the roster for that game. And we just reviewed a trailer for that actually this past Friday, so um, feel free to like check elsewhere in the channel for that reaction. We'll probably be posting a clip of that uh, later on in the week. But yeah, this looks crazy. This is amazing. Brain spaz with the YouTube comment. Impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't. I can't imagine doing this on this on a building scale, on a literal building scale. That's nuts. Um, let's go ahead and read a little bit further here. Let's see. Chris Schlier knew the new elevator shaft with crisscross beams installed behind his apartment building on South State Street was the perfect canvas for something special. Schlier said, quote, After it went up, we saw the steel beams crisscrossing up and down, and it looked like the Donkey Kong game. It's different than any- everything I've seen growing going up lately, and it's a nice little Easter egg in Concord, end quote. The beams have since been painted bright red in a pixelated style, capturing the design of the original 1981 game. Atop the five-story building is Princess Pauline with Donkey Kong and his barrels below. Mario, equipped with his hammer, is ready to climb up. I have to offer a brief correction here. Nintendo purists will know this as well. Pauline, if memory serves, was not technically a princess at that point, but Mario's name was not Mario there. He was actually going by the name Jumpman in the original 1981 game. He had he didn't have the name Mario yet. So to be to be more historically accurate there. But Akira, what are your... Um, Final thoughts on this or further thoughts?
1: I think it's cool. Um, It's definitely nostalgic and, um, you know, it's really nice, talented uh, art. And I can definitely see wherever he is, um, some IG influencer flying all the way over there to terrorize his home to take a picture in front of there. (laughs) So, yeah that's cool. crazy
0: like I could I could just look at the, I could just look at this for like hours just the level of detail that was put in here like they nailed every single pixel you can actually like look at the detail of every single pixel and you can tell they sort of scaled the pixels in a way that was independent from the pattern of how the bricks were laid in the wall you know what I'm saying like if I were to zoom in on this uh Mario picture let's say oh shoot I don't think it'll let me well um ah darn it well, if you were to go to the actual website, uh, which, again, we've posted the links to all of these topics in the description on the YouTube and Facebook versions of this show. Um, if you were to zoom in on the Mario thing, you can actually see the pixels that make up his nose, for example. There's more than one of them that are painted on an individual brick. So you can tell, like, they actually, like, planned out how to render, render each individual pixel, you know, in a way that was... Almost, it looks almost freehand. That's that's what's more impressive than anything because they had no real guides for that, you know. Yeah. But anyway, that's just how it strikes me. But that's awesome. Um, let's see. Any? Uh, I guess we're done with this topic. No uh, further thoughts on this, Kira? No, no. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I know you have to bounce out now. Uh, do a prior scheduling conflict. But um, so thanks so much again for dropping through, Kira. Appreciate you making the time um hopefully we'll see you again soon
1: no problem you guys have a great night yeah. this was fun
0: all, right, all right cool awesome all right. thanks good night no problem um all right and moving on let's go ahead and go to the next topic here which comes to us from HuffPost. uh let's see why wiley seal surrenders at police station after sneaking into Massachusetts Pond, this is run by the Associated Press through Huffington Post, first published two days ago, Schubert the Gray Seal, really? That's the best name they can come up with for this? Schubert is believed to have traveled to the pond from the sea via a river and drainage pipes. Uh, okay, this is from Beverly, Massachusetts. After evading the authorities, a wayward seal that's made its home in a Massachusetts pond surrendered at a police station on Friday morning. The gray seal first appeared earlier this month in Shoe Pond in the city of Beverly, northeast of Boston. The animal is believed to have traveled, through the pond, traveled to the pond from the sea via a river and drainage pipes. Uh, the seal quickly became a local attraction and even named Schubert after its chosen pond. Firefighters and wildlife experts used boats and giant nets in an effort to capture the wily animal Thursday, but gave up after several fruitless hours. Early Friday morning, however, Schubert left the pond, crossed a parking lot, and appeared outside the side door of the local police station, looking, according to a police statement, for some help. The seal was quickly corralled by a team of wildlife experts, firefighters, and the police department's entire midnight shift. Wow. Um, wow. So, let me see. There's a, there's a clip attached to this. Let's see if there's a... All right, we first told there. you about Schubert earlier mm-hmm. this week, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we just definitely are. A little bit further... We already read through spotted
1: it. ...spotted walking onto the sidewalk and in the ground.
0: We don't need to hear that. Um, Where's the picture of... Okay, that's that looks like the seal. We don't have any indications, I guess, from this footage so far of how big it is. But that is uh, that is Schubert. That found its way into a random pond um, and actually walked up to a police station looking for help, according to the story. Um, okay. <laughs> I think we may need to fix the uh, control. I think we may need to sort of fix the sound effects, possibly. Um, I don't know. We're still working on that, but we heard, we heard, we heard the, we all heard the canned laughter in there, so that worked out. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that's crazy. Let's see. The police department wrote on Facebook. Oh yeah, here it is. The seal was transported to Mystic Aquarium in Mystic, Connecticut, where marine biologists will care for it before deciding whether to release it back into the wild. The police department reported Schubert appeared to be in good health and was a little sassy in the early morning hours. You'll be deeply missed by your friends here. Over the past week, you brought a lot of joy and happiness to our city. Feel free to come back and visit anytime. (laughs) All right, so at least that seems to have a happy ending. Hopefully the uh, Mystic Aquarium staff have uh, been doing the right things as far as making the decision of... um, you know, to to making the right decision to assess the the seal's health before releasing it into the wild again. Um, Brain spaz, surrendered to police, LOL, crying, laughing emoji. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, All right. There we go. So let's go ahead and move on. We have two more topics here before we move on. Once again, thanks so much for watching Weekend Showcase right now, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, um, don't forget to smash that like button and the subscription bell or the you know follow and subscribe button, as the case may be. Um, don't forget to shoot us uh, some recommendations for weird news topics that you think we should talk about, like this Loch Ness Monster it looks like we're about to talk about right now. Or trailers, if you have stuff that's not religious or political and hopefully less than five minutes and recent <laughs> um, feel free to shoot it to us via the contact form on our link tree page which is scrolling at the bottom of the screen right now linktr.ee weekend showcase um, and you might just see your recommendation on the show along with a shout out from us so you uh, might want to look into that let's see alright let's move on Loch Ness Monster may live in Stranger Things style parallel universe oh geez come on there we are There you go. Thank you, Control. Uh, The Loch Ness Monster has captivated the imagination of the public for decades. While many have searched long and hard for clues, it remains as much a mystery now as ever. One expert, however, has brought a new theory to the table. She suggests that the monster may be, in fact, be spending most of its time in a parallel universe, much like that in the popular Netflix TV series, Stranger Things. This was first published yesterday. Good grief. September 24th. I would say that you need to spend a little less time streaming Netflix, um, or anything for that matter. Humble opinion. Could be wrong. The modern legend first appeared in May 1933 when the Inverness Courier reported that a couple had seen an enormous animal rolling and plunging on the surface of Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. Ah, It was probably just a lapras. Just run up and throw throw a master ball at it. You'll be fine. The monster story attracted a media circus with London newspapers sending correspondents to Scotland and a £20,000 reward offered to anyone who succeeded in capturing the creature. Interest in the beast's existence exploded, and between scientists, investigators, and tourists, there has been a near-constant vigil on the lake. Yeah, we've covered, you know, little Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot kind of stuff on this channel, on this, uh, these weird news shows, um, every so often. It always looks remarkably sus. Uh, I, I, I'm i not sure I believe that the Loch Ness Monster exists, and I really doubt that the... Um, whoa, hang on a second. There we go. I just got a weird glitch on my control computer. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I was saying I really doubt that Bigfoot actually exists, but I'm open to being proven wrong. If there's one thing I've said repeatedly on this show, it's that I'm willing to be proven wrong, but that's just it. I have to be proven wrong. And, you know, disputable footage in my book does not count as proof, sorry, you know. I mean, that being said, don't rush to prove something like this if it means, especially if it means disrupting some natural habitat. You know, like I would put myself in Kiara's bandwagon with the, with the asteroid piece from, from earlier in the show. You know, let sleeping dogs lie. You know, let sleeping, uh, I guess, mythical creatures, as it were, lie. And, you know, let's maybe stay in our lane and that you know, can continue sort of messing up nature in the pursuit of things that maybe we shouldn't be messing with as humans. Maybe I don't know. Seems like we've kind of done enough damage. But anyway, um, that's pretty much all I can say about that. This is the uh, this is an artist rendering of the Loch Ness monster at sunset. Uh, let's see. And these are and the story is actually going through some some history of uh, some historical sort of incidents of people doing supposed sightings, 1975, 1980s, 1990s, 2005, 2007. There's been a lot of this over the years. Um, And now it's describing Stranger Things. We know what Stranger Things is. We don't need to recount that show. Um, It looks like that's about it. Yeah, there's nothing much that can really be said about this, except, I guess, to sort of throw it off to those of you at home. watching along or commenting after the fact. What do you think? Does does it stand to reason that the Loch Ness Monster exists just in a parallel dimension, different from our own, and that's why we can sort of see it. Very select people can sort of see it, but evidence is just impossible to find, you know, and that's been the case this whole time. Maybe that might be what's been keeping us from being able to see conclusive, hard evidence of Bigfoot's existence this entire time too. And at that point, where does it stop? What other mythical creatures, you know, have been sort of hiding in plain sight, but in a different sort of state of entropy or a different sort of plane of reality. You know, I mean, could it stand to reason that the the, the big gigantic pot of Lucky Charms that those kids have been stealing every Saturday morning, you know, uh, that actually exists, but they just had to cross over into the upside down in order to get it. And those, com- those serial commercials were just misleading us for decades about exactly how to reach the other side of the rainbow. Who knows? You know, you know. all I know is that's a lot of partially hydrogenated corn syrup for a small child to start their day off with. and I'm going to swipe left on that. But anyway, that's basically all I can say on that at this point. Um, what do you all think, those of you at home? Drop us a comment. Let us know. We have one topic left before the top of the hour. I think we're going to wind up wrapping this show up a little bit early, actually, um, which is not a bad thing. Uh, let's see. Here we go. All right. So last topic of the night comes to us from Smithsonian Magazine. Sniffing out the science of smelling. Goodness, that's a really loud graphic there. Oh, come on. Can we please get the ads out of here? Thank you. All right. So this was published. uh, Where is a date? Do we have a date on this? I guess we'll have to come to the date a little bit later. But anyway, all right, whatever. So this is from Smithsonian Mag. Uh, last winter, Andreas Keller decided the time was right to branch off from his day job as a neuroscientist and launch a new art gallery. Not just any gallery, but the country's first and only commercial space devoted entirely to smell-based art. He rented a defunct barbershop in New York City's Chinatown and teamed up with an artist named M. Doherty for his inaugural show in February of 2021, drilling a hole in the exterior wall to pipe a piney perfume called Forest Bath to the street outside. The fresh evergreen mingled with steamed dumplings and ripe dumpsters and the smoldering papers that Keller's Chinese neighbors sometimes burned as an offering to their ancestors. Hmm. Keller, sitting in his AstroTurf carpeted back office, which he soon plans to sprinkle with a molecule that smells like fresh cut grass, says, quote, The gallery had always been a fantasy, but the pandemic brought it into focus. End quote. Yeah, I'll bet. Not only did lockdown allow contemplative hours away from his work, but one of early COVID-19's telltale symptoms gave him the hunch that there might at long last be a market for his dream. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, especially during the pandemic, which thankfully we seem to be sort of in the process of actually exiting it now. Um, I mean, you're talking about a museum exhibit. You're talking about a museum exhibit that is fundamentally dependent on a rotation of guests coming in presumably from all over the the country that it takes place in, if not the entire world, and mingling with each other in relative close quarters, presumably indoors, and which requires them to get up close to a thing and do a lot of smelling. I mean, I don't know about that. I I don't know about the feasibility of this. I mean, thankfully this isn't being sort of like pushed um, heavily. Um, during like, you know, 20, 2021, this is, I hope a relatively recent thing. I can't tell where a, uh, where a, a date is on this thing. Good grief. This is a long story. We're not going to read this whole thing, but, um, most of this, honestly, good grief. <laughs> this is a long article. I didn't expect it to be that long brings sp- brain spaz hitting us up on YouTube. OMG, smell-based art. I may have heard it all. Yeah, all I know is that I really sincerely hope that we don't get a uh, an a uh, an art, I almost said article, an exhibit that professes to be focusing on I don't know Caesar, Caesar's last fart or something. Because I remember seeing <laughs> I remember seeing some 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 uh, scientific article uh, talking about basically the nature of air currents around the world and how like there are molecules that were present in Julius Caesar's last breath that are still circulating around the planet to this day. And so it only sort of stands to reason that, you know, if you really want to sort of create some sort of spectacle around that same concept in a way that might resonate with modern sensibilities, because you need to come up with something really off-putting and, you know, almost shock tactics, frankly, inducing, especially for my demographic, millennials or Gen Z, to really sort of come along and click on it. Caesar's last fart, it it would stand to reason, would be, one place to sort of go in, I'm surprised. There you go. Wait, hit that, hit the fart again, control. There it is. <laughs> Where is that, what does what does Caesar's last fart sound like? And can you deduce what Caesar's last meal was before he hit the, before he got the knife on his back? Hmm, thought-provoking uh, uh, question there. Inquiring minds, most likely didn't need to know, but since we're on this topic, I guess there's pretty much no other way to extrapolate a joke from this. So there you go. Um, I will say it's interesting that it seems to be that it seems to be the case that they're employing a more um, chemistry based approach to this. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I'm trying to find some examples of the, the chemicals that were used with this, uh, with this exhibit. Can't really tell where well, all right, here's one interesting thing. Just a few weeks before the, the reporter's visit, um, let's see, The this lab with Keller and other co-authors published a paper on the genetics of musk sensitivity. Here it is. The work was partially funded by the beauty and personal care company Unilever. The global fragrance industry has been intoxicated by the notion that the genetics of smell could help them to entice heretofore reluctant consumers. Mainland recalls, quote, a lot of cons- companies came to us and said, we have a lot of trouble making fragrances for the Asian market. Can you tell us which fragrances... Are going to be most liked by them by looking at their olfactory receptors, and quote. Depending on how that's, depending on how that's done, depending on how that kind of research is done and utilized, that strikes me as a little bit creepy. Come to think of it, um, I don't know. That's just my first reaction to that. But, I mean, in the context of an exhibit that actually sort of, like I was saying, really sort of explores the science of smell and what makes smells and, you know, why some things smell good, why some things might not smell good. Are certain, are certain people sort of genetically predisposed to liking certain smells or not? Why? Um, there's, there's, there's something to be said for that without necessarily steering hard into a commercial interest. That's, that might theoretically be exploitable, you know, by business interests. I don't know about that. Um, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say anything further on that, quite frankly, but um, that's just my immediate reaction to this personally. What's, what's, what do you think, those of you at home, um, maybe hit us up with a comment and maybe we can start a conversation about that. What do you think about the idea of a museum that focuses on the science of smell? Ms. D says, we really need this study to help. Do we really need this study to help ensure the survival of the human species? <laughs> Ellipsis, question mark. That's a valid point. I mean, we do have, you know, slightly more important things to deal with, more important fish to fry, as it were, um, you know, in the interest of, I guess, sort of helping to preserve life, you know. Hopefully the the process of frying those fish does not involve the further melting of glaciers, <laughs> Arctic glaciers. Um, but anyway, uh, Ouch. Anyway, that's basically my best reaction to this. Um, but yeah, we got to go ahead and shut this down. We're coming up to the top of the hour right now. Um, let's see. Um, like I was saying, what are your favorite? Uh, what were your favorite topics from the night? Now that we can go ahead and shut this thing down here. Whoops. Hang on a second. There we are. All right. So that's the that's the end of our weird news topic list for tonight. Hang on. There we go. Uh, What were your favorites for the night? Uh, We had a lot of different topics to go through. Let's see. I'm trying to think what were my favorite topics for the night, or at least what was one to be able to claim as a favorite here. Hmm. Let's see. Probably the Squid Corpse. I think I'm going to say the Giant Squid Corpse. The thing from Ripley's was, uh, I think that might be my favorite one, just because of how just utterly random that was. Um, You know, I, I think that, and just that the, the juxtaposition of the little kid looking at the 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 corpse of the giant squid that washed ashore on the beach—you know—the size comparison like that just blew my mind. Quite frankly, that was probably the weirdest thing that I've seen tonight. Um, in a nutshell, I think I'll go ahead and give that the weirdest topic personally. What was yours, those of you at home? Drop a comment down below to continue the convo. Uh, Visit us at Weekend Showcase on all major social media platforms or Linktree slash Weekend Showcase like in the description or in the ticker scrolling at the bottom of the screen to see it all in one place. And uh, we have one last piece of unfinished business to handle before we shut this down all the way. And that is when I pull out this tablet and do dad joke of the day. We have to do dad joke of the day before we shut this thing down. And to do dad joke, let's go ahead and – oh, geez, man. I thought I had the program like already operational. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to take one moment before I go ahead and get the list up again here. Here we go. All right, so let's see. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Here we are. All right, let's try this. <clears throat> I can't take my dog to the pond anymore because the ducks keep attacking him. That's what I get for buying a purebred dog. There we go. And that was our dad joke of the day right here on weekend showcase, which basically officially brings this particular episode of Weird News to a close. Thank you so much for tuning in. Those of you who joined us live, especially over right here on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and Twitter. And we will see you right here once again this coming Friday at eight thirty p m Eastern, five thirty Pacific for another new trailer reaction show. We hope to see you then. Don't forget to hit us up on the linktree page at the bottom of the screen if you have some trailers that you'd like to that you'd like to see us react to, just as long as they're not religious or political, recent, and no more than five minutes long, please. Very important criteria because we have an hour-long show, we have to keep it moving. So that's about it um, for now. I'm Don. Thanks for watching. Be safe, and I hope you had a great weekend. Showcase you later. Good night.